All right, Corbin, it's time for our one fun thing. One fun thing. <laughs> uh, all of our segments are going to have some sort of sound thing by us. Uh, Corbin, do you uh, you have an exciting trip coming up? Yeah, yeah, that's that's my one fun thing. I'm going to New York just spontaneously, which I'm super excited. I, I it's very much not like me, so I just decided to book it. I um I got laid off from a job and then got a job two days later, so I have money to burn <laughs> so yes and a gap go. of time and a yeah, gap of time exactly so um yeah i'm just really excited i don't really have any sightseeing to do or anything there's a couple of people that i know that i'm gonna go visit out there yeah uh but it's that's about it and i'm, I'm just excited to like try a chopped cheese whatever that weird burger sandwich is uh get i don't some even know what that is <laughs> chopped cheese get some bagels. It's, a, bagels are great. it's a good thing uh great. yeah so i'm i i just encourage everyone to just like do something spontaneous every once in a while i mean it's good this traveling is always something that goes on the back burner for me. So just something yeah. you just, it scares you do it. I love that you're making the time for it. Maybe, maybe see a show or something if it comes up, yeah. get some half price ticks or something. For yeah, sure. that'll be, that'll be cool. Uh, awesome. Well, what, bringing up New York, you know, I, I, I did a play there a couple of years ago now, but I, I was, um, there was a coffee shop right around the corner that was called the bean, which I really like. There's a couple of them, I think. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's, I don't think it's on, I mean, I really like it, but it wasn't like on the list of like trendy. It's not trendy. It's kind of more <laughs> like, you know, I don't know, mom and poppy it feels. Mm. Um, but I, I really enjoyed when I, before I'd go like go to the theater, I'd stop there and, you know, get a little something to eat and, and the coffee. Um, but then when I just looked it up, Corbin, cause I was like, you got to go to the bean. It's right by St. Mark's. It closed. And I was like, oh, oh no. no. So, so there's a couple other ones. Um, and I was, it was like kind of sad looking on their website. They're like, we're being replaced by a Starbucks. I was like, oh no, <laughs> like, that's going to, the beans disappearing. There's some disdain so, on that website. Yeah, there definitely is. There definitely is. Um, so if you get a chance that if you walk by the bean, you know, either stop in or, or give them a little nod. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of, uh, uh, I know, uh, uh, there's a lot of coffee shops there, but, um, that was just kind of a little bit nostalgic. So when you mentioned New York, I, I thought of that, so, but you're gonna have a great time, man. I'm yeah. excited for, for you. Um, but if people out there have, um, coffee favorite places, you know, let us know, give us some, uh, give us some feedback. We're yeah, gonna sure. like hearing about it. I like, I like checking them out. So. Hello everybody. And welcome to the moving spotlight podcast. My name is John Ruby. I'm here with my main man, Corbin Coyle. Hey everybody. All right, Corbin, today we are joined by Sean Muramatsu, who is an Ooh. actor, a working actor, and certified professional life and success coach. Worked on such shows as SWAT, Young and the Restless, For All Mankind, which we'll be talking a little more about. <laughs> Can't talk everything about, but because uh, uh, it's top secret. Welcome to, the sh welcome to the show, Sean. How you doing? Oh, so awesome. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. Yeah, we're, we're excited for you, uh, for you to be here. Um, we want to dive, dive right in. And I'm, I'm just curious how your, your journey, uh, how you got started in, uh, in acting in the artistic, uh, in the artistic world. Yeah. You know, that's actually an interesting story. It's something I never really think about that much until I'm asked that question, <laughs> which is, uh, when I was born and raised in San Diego, uh, I trained martial arts my whole life. I was very, very athletic. Um, in high school, I played football, I wrestled, I ran track. And the school I went to was pretty new at the time. Um, you know, we were the first class to go there all four years because it was in North County. So it was a growing area. And so, you know, we got to do awesome things like you had football PE or volleyball PE. So if you played that sport, you got to take that PE. Nice. Um, and during the season, football season, I got injured. Mm -hmm. And so because I couldn't participate, I couldn't do the class. So they're like, well, you're gonna have to change to another elective. And usually people did wood shop or video film, something awesome, right? But it was in the middle <laughs> of the semester and those classes were full. 
And so obviously what was the only elective left? Oh, we got yeah. plenty of room. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in drama or theater, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm walking into the theater and like, I'm wearing my letterman jacket and my hat's all low. And I thought it was going to be all these kids that were like wearing berets and like snapping yeah. and like yeah. didn't get enough hugs. Which, but, but they're there. Yeah. <laughs> which they were, which they were. <laughs> they're just in the back pretending to be a tree or something. <laughs> So that's kind of how that started was uh, by having to take a class, an acting mm. class. That's amazing. And did you know right away, Sean, or was it kind of like, okay, I'm in it. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, was it like when you're doing this, some scenes or what uh, did it, was it a slow, gradual burn? Oh yeah. Uh, molasses in the dead of winter. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I mean, you, when we were assigned scenes and monologues, it was yeah. devastating for me because mm. I was really, really, really shy aside from being like, you know, insecure as a teenager. As, and in addition to, um, you know, being too cool for all of this stuff. Yeah. So that obviously didn't serve me either, Yeah. but you know, playing the improv games, I found to be pretty fun. And they were also a very welcoming bunch. Like, oh, come on, man. Like, jump yeah. in. Like, there's no right or wrong way to do this. It's all good. The games yeah. were fun. Performing, just standing on the stage with the bright lights and having, you know, 50 of your peers look up at you being like, oh, my God, I can't wait to tell the rest of the football team that's up here <laughs> trying to cry or whatever. That's yeah. what I was afraid of. Turns out yeah. that's not the case. <laughs> It's interesting you say that, Sean. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, because I, I grew up in Wisconsin and, and Wisconsin and, you know, played a lot of sports, too. And there is something when you mentioned like the right or wrong, there is no right or wrong. And I think also if you've come from like competitive or things, it's like, well, am I winning? Like, am I doing it right? Like, you know, am I like, am I, am I beating the enemy? And it's like, well, no, that's not, you know, it's, 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 there are definitely parallels, I think, between acting and, and sports. But there's mm -hmm. also this thing of like, there is that thing of like yeah you know fail keep failing fail forward fail up um you're gonna do that hopefully and other people are and it's it's not that big of a deal you know what i mean it's kind of and i think that's a really cool part about it you know that is that does feel a little different than than sports where maybe like you feel a little more shamed if you make a mistake you know then you're like oh god whereas it's a little more like you know that's all right you know there's there's improv is challenging for everybody you know, everybody, when they first start out, no one knows, you know, I mean, I, I've done a lot of improv stuff and like everyone, when they start, they like suck at it. Like I've never really <laughs> seen anyone amazing at improv when they very first start. They just, most people have been doing it for a long, long time and then they get good at it, you know? Um, Reminds me, I, I feel the same way about like sports too. Cause I did volleyball and I was just like missing everything every once in a while. And I was like, I'm just going to figure this out. So I spent three hours one day, just going against the wall with the volleyball, just over and over and over again. And that's kind of how I was with in class, you know, or any sort of acting job. I'm just like, I'm going to be the best person for me. You know, and I'm like, that's yes. the competition now. It's like this guy. <laughs> yeah. I think that's great, Corbin. I think that's great. And it's also like that checking in with yourself and saying, okay, here's where I'm at. What can I do to like elevate, you know, in a sport or even in, in acting, you know, or an artistic way. It's, it's, it's less about, well, that person has a 42 inch vertical, you know what I mean? In volleyball and they're like spiking it straight down, you know? Yeah. And, and it's like, well, that's, that's not really, you know, that's not my thing right now, you know, and that's okay. You know, that's all right. You know, sure. um, that's great. So, so Sean down in San Diego and then did you, did you make your way up to kind of the LA area right away? Or was there some time in between there or what, what happened after that stuff? Yeah, for sure. So when I graduated high school, um, you know, everyone just kind of all went their separate ways, but um, you know, it, it, I did not 
quit acting. Once I was in that acting class for half of that semester, I was like, oh yes, I'm on to the next one. So intermediate acting, uh, advanced acting, honors advanced acting. And then a lot of my friends came to LA to be actors and they went to either um, you know, conservatories or colleges uh, or college to get their degrees in acting or theater. And so I, in my infinite wisdom as a 17 year old came to LA too right away and decided college was not for me. Right. I went to six hours of college and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what this is about. I know what this is about. <laughs> so then I was like, yeah, forget this. So I went and got a job. Um, and so, you know, took a, took a very different route than a lot of my other actor friends at this age. So you came up to LA at, at 17. Wow. How, what was that? Uh, how was that experience? Um, did it feel like a lot? I mean, did it feel like, okay, this is, this is the right, I mean, just like, I mean, it, cause I think I came to LA f um, from the Midwest at like around 24, 25. So, you know, which is a little bit mid twenties, more early, tw mid, early mid twenties. That's just curious if uh, thinking back, putting yourself back in those shoes. Um, so, yeah, that's what I was thinking when you're like, was it a lot? I look back on it now and go, oh yeah, it was traumatic. I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know I was ex being exposed to constant trauma, right? As so many things. I mean, culture shock alone. I came from a, a town, uh, Encinitas is where I'm from. So in North County, San Diego, where it's like just all surfers and skaters, you know, there were no parking meters, things like that. And um, and to understand like, oh, I've got to work for my money now and it doesn't go that far. And the internet was not at all back then what it is now, right? So mm -hmm. trying to find things was much more difficult. So, yeah. you know, it was it was really very much like I felt like I just kind of hopped off the Greyhound to the big bad city. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned parking meters because when everyone comes to LA, you, you get like six or seven parking tickets, like right off the bat. It just like, it just yeah. happens. It's like, even when you read the signs, you're like, I'm so the signs are so confusing. Like, so just know if you, if you recently moved to LA, you're moving to LA, be car be careful. Cause those, they, <laughs> I just remember that too. Like there's always street cleaning at like 6am. You're like, why is there street cleaning on both sides of the street? 6am. I've lived in LA my whole life and got my tar code. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, why did I do that? <laughs> it can happen. You got to so um, be aware of it. Yeah. Sean, so when it comes to like recharging your creative battery, because it seems like you have a lot of sports background and all that, is, is that kind of what you do? Do you kind of dive back into sports or do you read or what, what is, what's the thing that keeps getting you to move forward in your acting world? You know, um, I'll be honest with you. I get uh, to recharge my battery. I get a lot of uh, excitement by doing things like this. Hmm. By, by talking to friends, by gaining additional perspectives. Mm. Um, you know, I think something that anybody can relate to is kind of like if you're ever in a relationship and you spend a lot of time together, but like, you know, your guy time is very important. And then, you know, the significant other, hopefully whatever, wherever they want to spend their time is important too, because if I spend so much time together and then I go hang out with my boys and like, I like to play golf, for example, and I'll just be, you know, complaining about this or that. And they'll be like, oh my God, wait till you get married. Or, you know, or my wife, this, my girlfriend, this. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, yeah, my life's not so bad, right? So <laughs> talk to other people about their careers and you're like, how was your pilot season? And they're like, what pilot season? You'd be like, yep, me too. Great, I feel amazing. <laughs> We're all struggling. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, uh, uh, staying kind of on that track, Sean, you mentioned uh, uh, golf, but do you have anything like, like any morning routines or kind of daily things? Like, are you kind of a, a habit guy or do you like to change it up? I'm just, just curious. Yeah, no, I like to think that uh, if I were ever going to be assassinated, they only got to look like in three places. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
also but, who am i assassinate like i'm important <laughs> just let's just say murder like i'm not like, they're not gonna say my first middle and last name like they don't know yeah so my morning routine i'm actually not much of a morning person in general but i do i get up and uh, i go to this gym it's class-based which is good because that means you show up at the time take the class yeah um i drank two cups of coffee from my what is this was my stormtrooper mug oh, oh yeah oh, oh you did spirit oh yeah. there it is oh yeah so <laughs> right? good does, awesome. does it change um, colors as it gets hotter or is it? <laughs> is I it wish that'd be so awesome, but no, I bought the cheap version, I guess. Um, and then, and then a big part of my routine after, after all of that, and I kind of get settled is, you know, I like to meditate on a question um, mm. and it's interchangeable when it's for my career. I like to ask myself, you know, what is one thing big or small I can do today to move my career forward? Um, and you know, whether or not I actually do that thing is irrelevant. It's more of an inspiration point, right. To be like it at, uh, you ask that question and it kind of goes, Oh, well, I'd like to be doing this, or I wish I had more of this in my life, or I'm very interested in researching this. I haven't seen this in a long time, but I also do that same thing. Like when you're asking, how do I recharge my battery? What is one thing big or small I can do today to be active, which is what is one thing big or small I can do today to have me time or recharge. So that's a big part of my morning routine that that will be the end of it. But that's the biggest part of it, right? They say that meditation is the 1% of your day that sets the tone for the other 99%. I love that. And when you when you meditate, um, just because I'm curious, and, and do you do, do you try to set a time for that? Do you put a little music on what's what's your kind of process for getting into that? Um, you know, it's a relatively new development for me. Yeah. And one of the <laughs> things, one of the things I think uh, I, I, you ever heard that thing? There was a meme going around where like there, every, every time I meditate, you hear like DMX's like song in the background, you hear like the reading rainbow theme song in the background. And you're thinking like three thoughts. That was me almost my whole life. Every time I've tried to meditate mm -hmm. and I put a lot of pressure on myself to not do that. Like, Oh gosh, this isn't working. I'm supposed to clear my mind. Stop mm -hmm. thinking. Mm -hmm. And uh, a big part of my meditation is just allowing that to be what it is. And eventually it kind of goes away. Mm -hmm. Um, then when I set a timer, you know, I use apps for it, like Headspace or Calm or something. I don't know if I'm not supposed yep. to say that. I'm not pitching those things. No, that's, <laughs> those right. that's, that's right. Okay. That's but right. those are the ones we're, that I try. We're looking, we're looking for sponsors, Sean. So that's great. <laughs> Headspace, at Headspace, at Calm. Um, I love that. Yeah, I, uh, I did a, a, a week-long meditation retreat, actually down by, by, by San Diego. Um, I'm trying to think in, in – I think in in France the there's an equivalent called Plum Village and down there it's 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 um Thich Nhat Han. Do you know Thich Nhat Han? John, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Mm -hmm. He's got a book called P Pieces Every Step, which I just love. Uh, it's a, I recommend that book. But I was it was like a week long meditation retreat, and um, it wasn't totally silent. You could talk a little bit, but man, when I came back from that, I was so like slowed down, um, and for like a day or two, you know, I was like ate every morsel and all these things and then life got busy again and then it just like and i tried to hold on to a little bit of it but it was it was like oh i'm gonna live this way for the rest of my now that i couldn't i couldn't sustain it back in the city but it was really cool to kind of tap into that and i think that day the reminder you're talking about or finding you know even if it's in the morning for that inspiration i think that's such a great thing to kind of set the tone for the day you know what mm -hmm. i mean so it doesn't feel like the um sometimes i see it as like the the day is like a big wave, almost like you talk about surfing. All right. And you're the person in front of it and you can either stand there and the wave will push you and push you through your day, or you can kind of try to get in front of the wave a little bit because that wave is going to be, you know what I mean? It's going to be pushing you through that day. And so I think, um, I love that Sean kind of setting the tone for your day early, uh, as much as you, as much as you can. That's great. That's great. Um, 
I wanted to ask you just, so you also uh, like a certified professional kind of like a life coach. Is that kind of the world uh, that it's in? Yeah. What, what, what um, I'm just curious about, about that and, and um, you know, how you got involved with that and um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, so the interesting thing is people, I mean, life coaches sometimes get a bad rap. I know for sure that when, before I knew what they were and I had friends that had life coaches, I was like, Ugh doesn't seem like they're working, man. And they're like, yeah, but that's why I have one. And you're like, okay, fair, fair, fair. You know, and I just, you just think it's somebody who kind of like tells you what to do or like the guy who did figure out a way to do it in the big city where they just enjoy every morsel, right? right. Just slow down, right? Like they got the Neo, right? They just seen yeah. the matrix, man. Yeah. So I didn't know about all of that, especially coming from San Diego, like the hippies, right? So like, like there are a lot of life coaches in San Diego mm. that everyone's like, it's all good, man. Yeah. It's like, so eventually um, how I got into it was uh, my acting teacher at an acting studio. He and I had a great rapport and I left to go uh, certify in something else because it took a lot of my bandwidth. And when I came back to the studio, he was gone. Mm -hmm. So I hunted him down on the socials and I was like, yo, man, where'd you go? <laughs> yeah. He was like, oh, I actually just got certified as a life coach. You know, and I, and I coach actors. Do you want to try it? You get three months of coaching and I get a good review. I help to grow my business. And I was like, yeah, yeah for sure. That'd be great. That was 2013, 2014. And I hadn't missed a week with him since. Wow. We were working together a lot. And I owe a lot of my personal and professional success to working with a life coach, to working with him. And then as time went on, I was like, I think I really want to do this. So we had several serious conversations about it. Um, I enrolled, I looked around for different programs because ultimately we wanted to work together. So we want to bring a different view, but ultimately I just liked his program the best, the one that he took. So I got certified at the same program he did. It's about a year long program, Yeah, you know, for better or for worse. Um, I did that during 2020. So okay. I had nothing but time yep. to focus on that. And I got a tremendous amount of coaching and experience in, which is great. And so, you know, when people think about life coaches, you know, there's no governing body, right. uh, you know, no disrespect to you guys, because you guys are amazing, but you could be like, I'm going to be a life coach now yeah. and you can hang the shingle. Right. And you may have tremendous intentions to do yeah. great things, but mm -hmm. if you're not properly trained, you can also do tremendous damage. Right. Yeah. Yep. And so one of the big things people ask, what does a life coach do specifically? The easiest way I can explain it is people think, is it like therapy? Um, if there was somebody that was experiencing significant dysfunction in their lives, whatever that may be, that's keeping them from doing what they want to do, right? Addiction is, is the easiest example. So it's affecting me at my work. It's affecting me at home. Mm -hmm. That person is experiencing dysfunction. Therapists help them go from dysfunctional to functional. Life coaches help people go from functional to optimal. Mm -hmm. So you're just not as happy as, or as fulfilled as you could be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Is, that's a great way to put it. Is there like, when you get a new, I don't know if you would call it a student, but like, if you get something new into your, into your sphere of the life coach, what do you, what do you ask them to like, kind of just dissect exactly what you're talking about being able to go from a more like this state that you're already at to optimal? Like what, what is the first question? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, they're just, they're my clients. Right. Mm -hmm. And so okay. when I'm yeah. onboarding a new client, you know, the first thing I'll ask in general is what, if anything, do you know about life coaching? Just to kind of see if we're on the same page, because this mm -hmm. is the thing. And by the way, there are a bunch of different modalities of coaching. So the one that I, that's why we may not be a good fit. Mm -hmm. But for me, the modality of life coaching that I subscribe to is that everyone is as creative or smart or resourceful as they need to be. I'm just going to help you see that for yourself. And we, at, we do that through empowering questions. Right. So then if I say, what, if anything, do you know about life coaching? If they feel like, oh yeah, you're just going to tell me all the good stuff to do <laughs> and then I'll go. Yeah. That doesn't work. Mm -mm, right. Mm -mm. So that's mm -mm. one of the first things we really get clear on is understanding that I don't give advice because that's only my experience. It may or may not work for you, but if I give it to you and it works, 
then you're dependent on me. And if I give it to you and it doesn't work, then you've issued your own accountability for yourself. And you'd be like, well, I wasn't going to do that anyway. Sean told me to do it. And it was, <laughs> he, you know, he's a fraud. But beyond that, it's kind of like uh, a good thing I like to start with is an example. And I'll just make it, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, an exercise. And I'll make it uh, very short for you, right? But it consists of three questions. And we say, you know, let's just say a year from now, you know, we're popping bottles, tray pass hors d'oeuvres, surrounded by the ones you love, massive party, we're celebrating things that you've accomplished. Um, what would that be? And they'd be like, oh, well, you know, I sold a script that I was writing on. I sold a pilot. I'm a series regular on a show. I had a national commercial that I'm making so much money. I was able to buy a condo, buy a house, which is in LA. We know it's very difficult to do. Great. And when you accomplish those things, second question, how are you going to feel? Oh, I'll feel so proud of myself. I'll feel confident. I'll feel excited for my career, excited for the rest of my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, then the third question is about how long do you think that'll take? And they'll be like, ah, realistically, I think it'll take like three or five years. What we understand is the answer to question number one, what are we celebrating is really the answer to number two, right? Mm -hmm. So what are we celebrating? What are we accomplishing that you feel confident, excited, proud of yourself? The answer to number one, you know, I sold my script. I booked a TV show. I'm a series regular. Those are just strategies in how we're going to achieve those things. But you see how if, if we don't get those things, how then we don't necessarily allow ourselves to feel proud or mm -hmm. accomplished or confident or excited about our career. It's a little bit of the tail wagging the dog. And that's why I feel like sometimes, you know, with as actors, we like to commiserate together. It's this mean machine of, uh, you know, it's a meat grinder that chews us up. And it's like, oh, yeah, we've been there. But it doesn't have to be that way. And then at the very end, you know, how long realistically do you think it'll take? Eh, about three to five years. It's like, why would you wait three years to feel happy, mm -hmm. confident, excited about your career, proud of yourself? We can do that today. Yeah, that's exactly right. it. I was told something similar where it's like, what is your purpose is like the big question. And your purpose isn't. Like everybody thinks, oh, if I accomplish X, if I accomplish whatever, but no, it's just, am I happy today? Am I happy tomorrow? Am I going towards the direction, which I kind of, that's what I like about your, I wake up and I decide what can I do to increase my career today or increase happiness today? Um, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I like that a lot. Well, you know, this is the thing is uh, that's why, so life coaches, like as a certified life coach, I can work with anybody and you can see how with empowering questions, I don't necessarily need to know anything about what you do right mm -hmm. but if you niche down um then you actually serve what you love i love actors i myself am an actor so i love working with actors because i feel like there's a tremendous opportunity to help actors fortify themselves and create a greater mindset and raise the overall consciousness and excitement right mm -hmm. and gratitude for what we do um and so be, working with an actor who is also a life coach, we also understand that there are technical sides to it, right? Like, what is your purpose? Well, what we do know is if you are acting every single day and you're not really getting what you want and you want to be an actor for what, 10 years? This is the thing we chose, right? Uh, some people put a timeline on it. If I don't be famous in like three years, then I'm going to leave. Then we're going to have a very different conversation. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, but, you know, I'm going to act for like the next 10 years of my life. It's like, if you're not feeling those things, if we can't find a way to find those things every day, this is going to be a very long 10 years mm -hmm. of a career, right? Yeah. Hmm. Sean, let me ask you with that. I, 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 I love all of that. I was kind of enraptured there just listening to that. I think it was great. Um, one of the things that I heard you say early on that, that, that you've done and I've seen in Corbin and, and I know like certain things have shifted, like even in me, which is like a commitment to something, right? Like, like be like, like showing up consistently. And, you know, and I'm, I'm just kind of thinking, I think it's kind of an interesting um, 
idea where, you know, people that maybe lily, lily pad around to different things and they kind of aren't sticking with it. And, and, and I've seen, you know, the growth that people can have, whether it's in athletics, whether it's in acting, whether it's in their life, when they like, you know, make a commitment and, and stick to something. And I'm just curious, you know, I'm kind of thinking about the different ways. Sometimes it helps, like you said, a class being accountable to others is a great way to do that. You know, sometimes deadlines, uh, Corbin and I were even talking about sometimes either rewards or almost like a punishment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's kind of an interesting, you know, this idea of like making a commitment to something, sticking, sticking with it, you know, is really a big, it can be a challenge, but also can be pretty, pretty, um, uh, um, pretty awesome when, when you, when you, when you learn to step into that. Any thoughts on yeah. that? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you know, this is, that's a really, really great question. And that is something absolutely that I would be coaching clients on, right? Because on one hand, they'll be like, I really want to focus on this thing. But let me start it by saying this. It's never the how, right? Mm-hmm. It's never the how. For example, January 1st comes. I'm going to uh, work out five days a week. I'm going to eat better, <laughs> drink more water, drink less alcohol, and sleep more. Mm-hmm. And then where am I March 1st? right? Mm. A lot of times not where I want to be. Even if I had a strong why, what is my why? Well, it's easier to stay ready than to get ready because last time I was on set, I didn't quite look the way I wanted to look, Mm. right? Or beach season, whatever. What it comes down to is like, you know, if we're going to commit to something, we want to get really, really clear on why we're committing. What are we looking to get out of this? I myself, you know, uh, when I first moved to LA, like I said, I didn't go to college. So I wanted to start acting, but I didn't know how to do it. So then I got a job and then I went to EMT school, became an EMT, worked for the LA County Fire Department, did that for a few years, decided I still wanted to go back to being an actor. So I now I knew more people in LA, went to acting school, um, you know, made friends, got a job waiting tables because we always wait to act. Doing that, you know, just kind of fell in my lap, but I got really interested in wine, became a certified sommelier, was working, right? This whole time I'm doing all of these things, I always feel like one or the other was my mistress. Mm-hmm. Right. When I'm doing these things at a very high level, <clears throat> excuse me, like I was working as a SOM and I was working at a Michelin star restaurant and there's people that that's all they want to do with their lives. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also here acting and that's all they want to do with their lives. And I'm here doing both. And I felt tremendous guilt. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like that, you know, don't half ass two things, whole ass one thing. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's For the sure. name of this episode. Whole ass something. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But then I kind of thought, you know, as an actor, as an artist, I'm sitting here, why am I putting so much pressure on myself? And uh, my, this is, it's personal to everybody. But for me, I realized the more interesting I am as a person, the more interesting I am as an actor or as an artist or a creator. Mm -hmm. And so I actually put less emphasis on the things that I did. And when you say, you know, maybe commit to one thing, that's what I committed to Mm -hmm. was uh, finding the, finding ways to express myself that lit me up. That's what mm-hmm. I was committed to. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea of yeah, what what lights you up, and I think that's so important for people to find. And I also feel like, especially right now, what's interesting with um, you know, we're still in the 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 the, the throes of a the pandemic and stuff. It feels like things are dulled, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I feel like everything's a little still a little grayer, you know. And and I don't know if that's because you know, uh, travel still feels a bit restricted in certain sense. I know it doesn't stop Corbin. Corbin goes wherever he I'm, wants. I'm sleeping. Uh, he's off to New York later. We're going to hear about that. Um, but, but I just mean, I feel like, I feel like things are a little muted, you know? And so, and so when you're saying that, Sean, it's like, yeah, you still got to find those things that, that light you up, that, that get you out of the, out of bed in the morning. And I think that is, 
I always hated if I had like a long job that took all day, went to bed, and the next day I was going back to that shitty, crummy job. And like, I got nothing kind of, not fun, but like for myself in like those 24, 48 hours, I'd be like, no, you know, because if that job didn't light me up, it's like, well, that feels rough. Um, so yeah, I totally... God, sorry, I just flashed you. I was just thinking of worst jobs ever. I don't know if you guys have any uh, stories, but but when I first moved out to, to LA, this is this is good. Maybe other people can commiserate. I think that's the word. I got hired as a temp. There is a, I think it was a Wells Fargo on Wilshire and Westwood Boulevard. It's maybe still there. And they hired me and I showed up and what they wanted me to do was stuff letters into envelopes all day for like eight hours, like letters into envelopes, which here's the thing. Maybe wouldn't be that bad. I mean, it is mindless um first of all podcasts were not around then but also it was they didn't have a room for me so i was like in the lobby so everyone's coming in and there's just like a table and i'm just like so it was like not only was it like just terrible work but it was like in demoralizing the, and I, a little <laughs> it was demoralizing 100 100 i was like and 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 uh uh and and then like two weeks later, they called the temp agency. Like, we love Johnny. Great attitude. Can we bring him back? I was like, hell no. I'm like, I'm, I need money, but I, I can't. I can't do that. So, uh, sorry. That was a little sidetrack. I don't know if anyone else has any fun, bad work stories, but, oh, man, I flashed to that. and Oh, PTSD from that. I guess. Just funny. It looked like bring your kid to work day. Yeah. <laughs> like some banker out there brought his kids, like, put him to work. Exactly. Actually, it would have been better shot. I'd be like, yeah, I'm the CEO's son. Yeah, yeah. I'm just doing this for college. Yeah. That's a good, good point. Um, um, I'm going to, I'm going to transition a little bit here. Cause uh, sure. uh, we have this thing that we like to call brag time. Brag time. <laughs> time so, for Sean to brag. So just kind of having yeah. uh, a moment for you. Cause we are often are told to, you know, suppress our egos and like not, you know, brag too much about what we do and all these things. Hashtag be, grateful. Hashtag yeah, humble. Exactly. <laughs> um, which is also good, but it's just kind of yep. giving you the floor to, talk about it doesn't have to be acting related it can be acting related but like what what is something that you feel tremendously awesome about like that's something that yeah. you feel you you've accomplished recently or doesn't even have to be recently just something you want to brag about like yeah yep. yeah you know uh that's that's changed a lot in a very very short period of time um you know during the pandemic and just sitting here like staring out the window for about a year um but I, the thing that I'm proud of is how far I've come for myself in terms of mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Like if my head is the computer and my brain, there's software running on it, but we don't always know where that software came from. Mm -hmm. And so by, you know, going through a coaching program and understanding kind of where my mindset is at and why is it the way it is and why do I think the way I am? And then being able to coach other actors, help them find that for themselves. They're finding tremendous success out there. Um, you know, so by this point, I've been working with actors with with my mentor through his company. You know, there are a lot of actors that I, every day were getting letters or posts or tagged in something. It's, oh my gosh, I booked this thing or finally got in the office I wanted to. Or I finally got a great rep that I love that I never thought anybody would want me. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I was worth repping. Um, it's extremely gratifying to he to see that, you know, this, the, the industry, if we left right now, there would be no pomp and circumstance, right? There'd be no like, bye, Sean. Thanks. Getting to, thanks. It was good for all the stuff. Right. And it's like, I'm sentimental. So like that bums me out a little bit, but it's also empowering to know that I get to give whatever, um, value I want to the industry, but I'm also allowed to ask for value back. Mm -hmm. Right. And so to be able to help actors, be able to find that for themselves. Um, I'm really, really proud of that. I didn't think I would ever end up here. I didn't ever think I would feel this way. There was a 
part of my life that was pretty dark uh, and depressing about being an actor, being like, is this ever going to work? Am I ever going to make it? Right. And so to feel the way I do now, to find a quality of, of life that I'm proud of, that's what I'm most excited and proud of myself about. I love that's that. Amazing. And I love, I love, um, Sean, it's kind of cool. It's like, it feels like a maturity or evolution where mm -hmm. you can win through others' wins. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's an interesting thing when you, you know, whether you're in LA or New York or Chicago and you're, you know, you're kind of grinding away and you're just like, you kind of got to be self-focused because you're like your own business, you know, whether, what, what, no, no matter what, whether it's acting or other artistry. Um, and, and I think it's like, well, I, I, you know, I got to figure this out for myself and I got to do this. I got to pay the, you know, but it's cool when you can get wins through others. You know what I mean? And I think that's a really, that's a really neat thing. And it, it, it does help. Um, and it kind of opens up that circle or that sphere around you, you know, um, that's great. That's a great, that's a great break time. <laughs> Thanks. It is, it is. Um, awesome. I want to just, uh, uh, jump back just a little bit. You mentioned it kind of in passing, but have you, your EMT, all that, have you used that in the acting uh, world at all? Or has that, has that come up or, you know, I'm, I'm curious a little bit more about kind of some of the acting stuff you've done that you're excited about, whether it's that or, or, or not like working on SWAT, uh, or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is, uh, not at all. And that's the thing that I <laughs> honest answer, hashtag honest. We are being honest today. I like it. Good. Good. That was yeah. going to be my thing. That's how I was going to break in. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be yeah. on like at the time, like cold case. Remember yep. I wanted to be on cold case or yeah. CSI, yeah. um, NCIS, things like that and play an EMT or a paramedic or a firefighter. And that was going to be my thing. Dialogue yeah. heavy. And it never really worked. Although I will tell you that when I was working as an EMT, because I worked for the LA County Fire Department, there is an LA County station on Universal. Mm -hmm. And so you can work that special detail and you can work as a set medic. And I worked as a set medic on a bunch of things, but I got to work on War of the Worlds and I got to irrigate Tom Cruise's eyes. Whoa. That, wow. What does that, that mean? Irrigate. I'm curious. That's, I want to hear about this. So like, if you got, oh, go ahead. I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I have so many questions. And I don't I know do. what I'm talking about. I do. I do. Yeah. So, you know, spoil alert for anybody that hasn't seen the movie, I don't know, but like, or movie magic, it's been yeah. 20 years. So, yeah. Um, but so there's a time where he runs into a building from the street and like a car gets thrown in through the window and somebody else is running. And that other person running towards him is a stunt man and he's holding this puff. And so Tom Cruise basically runs in clean because he's from the outside, bumps into the stunt man. It's like, it's supposed to look like chaos, but he gets this puff, bricks are falling. And so when he comes out the other side, he's all dusty and like, you know, trauma, whatever. Yeah. Um, but he hit the stunt man with a puff and all the puff went straight into his eyes. <clears throat> so my partner and I, we, as EMTs, we have like full access to the studio. We can go wherever we want. So during this time, I'm standing right behind Steven Spielberg. I'm in video village and we're actually, I'm actually kind of far away, but I hear on the radio, my partner's just chilling in the ambulance because we, you know, like bring laptops and watch DVDs and stuff. So yeah. when I see that happen, by the way, I thought I was in a soundstage. And when that happened, um, both of the, all four walls fall to the ground. The ceiling goes up on a crane and we're in the parking lot. That's like on the edge of the parking lot, overlooking Toluca Lake. And I wow. hear on the radio, you just hear TC is down. TC is down. You see like three Wranglers run in, pull all the extras who knew exactly what to do, by the way. Wow. It was like one of those, in case something bad happens, they yeah. all went in like three single file lines, like 
stood over here. I see TC laying down. So now I see my partner running over there with the, with the gurney. So I'm running over with the go kit. Yeah. So I come over and I'm patient person that day. So I'm like, Hey, Mr. Cruz, my name is Sean. I'm an EMT. I'm here to help you. What happened? He goes, Oh dude, I got a bunch of stuff in my eyes. I can't see. So um, I'm like, all right. So now my partner grabs this little bowl and a big thing of salt water. And I'm about to irrigate his eyes, rinse it out. And this arm reaches over, grabs my arm. And I was like, what is this? And they're like, you have to preserve the costume because he's wearing a leather jacket. <laughs> oh, no way. Right? Preserve so I'm costume. like, well, I need to irrigate. He's going blind. TC <laughs> is going blind. I call him TC now. <laughs> TC is going blind. They're like, the jacket, the jacket. Oh so I'm God, like, okay. well, what, what do you want me to do? And so she brings me this like squirt bottle, like eyedropper bottle. And it's not nearly enough, right? We have to like, it has to be so much water. Yeah. So I'm like, this is not enough. And as we're having this conversation, he grabs my shirt, pulls me down. He's like, it is like way up in there. I cannot see. And this is excruciating. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Somebody here wants me to preserve your jacket. And he goes, I have like 50 of these. We have so many of these jackets, man. <laughs> right. And I was like, okay, I'm so sorry. So I like unscrew the salt water. I'm like pouring it. And I was like, I want, I'm going to hold your eye open. It's going to be uncomfortable. Please just look around in all directions. So we do it on both eyes. Finally, it comes out. His makeup is running. The yeah. dust and the powder is starting to cake on. It's like turning the cement on his face. His leather jacket is already drenched, like puckering and starting to crumple a little bit. And I feel terrible. Um, but he was like, hey, uh, yeah, I feel great. Thanks. Great job, man. Great job. Great job. Great job. <laughs> Walks away. Wow. Wow. So then now uh, my partner and I were standing in line at craft services looking for this thing. And then his assistant at the time was his sister. Um, poor thing looks just like him walks over and was like, uh, that was a low key dig. I don't know why. I did that. But anyway, <laughs> she's like, uh, so Mr. Cruz would like to show his gratitude and we'd like to have lunch with you if you're interested. So, and then there's a whole long story behind that, which we don't have to get into. But anyway, that was, uh, that was actually, to be fair, that was the moment that I was still on the job that I was like, I'm going to be an actor. Then I quit. <laughs> yeah. I quit. I quit like a month later. Could be an EMT. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, wait, two things. One is we don't have to get totally into the Tom Cruise lunch, but at TC lunch, but I do need to know, I've heard he's really a generous, a generous, like pretty, pretty awesome person. Did, did you enjoy the lunch? Was it a good lunch? Uh, he's the best. He's, he's the, best. the best. So we walk yeah. by and there's this double wide trailer. And I was like, wow, this dude has an amazing trailer. And then it's all mirrored glass. So you can't see inside. And I was walking by it. We were being led and he comes out because he was like, oh, hey, you guys, thanks for coming. It actually was just his gym. That's just his gym. Like, you know, that's just his gym to like work out. And I was like, oh my God. And then I see him go, we go around the sound studio and then there's his trailer, which is double wide and also double tall. <laughs> and like that's insane. And so he has this like makeshift patio, you know, in the studio a lot. It's like sounds, sound stages and like cement. But there's like this whole like bamboo fence that goes around with like turf and like a table and an umbrella and like all this stuff. And so we sit down and then he's like, God, oh, just give me a second. I'm going to rinse off. He comes down, sits down. The chef walks over. He's like, what do you want to have? I said, I'll just have whatever you're having. He's like, you don't want what I'm having. It's like, okay. It's like, no, you can have whatever you want. Honestly, you can make anything. And the chef's like, yeah, I really can. It's like, oh my God, this is so bizarre. So like, I was like, I'll have like, I don't know, some sort of steak. He's like, you like skirt steak? You like filet? I was like, yeah, for sure. Filet, grilled mushrooms and asparagus. And then the girl, uh, my partner had swordfish, like mashed no. potatoes. It's crazy. So, you know, like 20 minutes goes by, comes out, he gets a bowl of mush. So I'm like, what is that? If you don't mind my asking, he's like, it's everything my body needs. He goes, I don't feel weighed down. There's nothing extra. It just helps me maintain. He goes, wow. it's not amazing, but he goes, you know, when I'm shooting heavy, I need to maintain my muscle mass.
also need to maintain my energy, but I still need to stay light and maintain my digestive process, this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that blew my mind, but he was really generous with his time. The most, like one of the most recognizable dudes in the whole world. And when he's talking to you, it feels like nothing else matters except for just you and him. That's so cool. I mean, I really just that, 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 you know, that I'll, you know, and Corbin knows this, but I, I, I love when you meet people, especially in the business that, that are, that are, that are good people, you know what I mean? That, that are, that will, that will remember stuff like that. And it's not, you know, it's not all about them all the time or whatever. So that's really cool to hear. Now I got to feel like there's another double Y with like, that's a refrigerator for all that food. I don't understand, Sean, if you were like, like, like how, like, where is all that stuff being stored? Like there must be another double Y back there with just food, like mush, swordfish steaks. Like, that's amazing. Wow. (laughs) Um, well, that's cool. So have you played, so you have not played an EMT in a show yet? No, no, okay. not. Corbin, that's going to be our goal. That's, that's going to be our goal. Yeah, Sean, true. we're going to, I'm going to call Gray's Anatomy. We're going to call, <laughs> we're going to chat. We're going to chat with, with Gray's Anatomy. We got to get you on that. We got TC and SM. We got TC and GA. Well, that's awesome. Well, I think this is perfect time after the TC story to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. All right, we are back. So, uh, Sean, we actually met on set, right? How fun is that? Um, Incredible. Uh, yeah, Sean and I were uh, recently worked together on the Sony lot on an Apple Plus show called For All Mankind. Um, the season is not out yet, season three. Um, so we don't want to talk too much about it. But uh, I got to say, uh, it was really, really cool just to kind of meet you. And and one of the things that I think is a really um, great thing that I think both of us kind of had was like, you know, it's funny, we were just talking about um, Tom Cruise's trailers, our trailers were much smaller than that. And, 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 <laughs> yeah. what, and what I and what I tell, you know, and, and it's not just actors, but like people in general, I, I really feel like and I feel like this is uh, not to be sexist, but guys are especially like this. It's hard for them to like reach out to another guy they don't know, especially after they reach a certain age. You know what I mean? Guys are much more just like, you know, I got my buddies. I don't need anybody else. It feels like that. And and I've always tried, hopefully, to be open and and you know, make make friends at any age. Um, and so the reason I say that is like I I, I think I knocked Sean on your trailer because they said, oh, you you know your partner's here because we were working on a scene together. And Sean came right out and we just started chatting. You know what I mean? And and what's cool about that is you know, yes, we have similar background in acting and stuff, but I feel like um, there's a way for someone to go into their trailer, close their door, the other person to stay in their trailer. And, and you know, some people prefer that. Um, but I just feel like somebody's, it, my point is like that first step, then it allowed us to kind of chat and get to know each other and, and really feel a bond even before we started shooting stuff. Um, but I think there's something really cool. And I, and I, and I, I hope people try to do that more and more, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? It's kind of worth, worth, not that it's a risk, but it's worth kind of putting yourself out there to see. Right. Um, so I, but it was, wasn't, it was a great experience. Wasn't it Sean? Yeah, exactly. Say. And, and to be honest with you, <clears throat> when people ask me how it was all your actor friends, they want to know. Right. So the first thing they always ask you is who's a co-star guest star. Right. They want to know like, where, where, where am I? <laughs> Which, yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, but then after that, they're like, oh, did you have a good time? Like, how was it? Um, and that, what I recall is specifically that was that I had a great time because the guy I was shooting with was really, really cool. Um, mm. You know, I agree with you. Like you ever do commercial auditions? You're in the room. Back in the day, we used to be in the room and it's like, okay, uh, Corbin, 
John, Sean. Yeah. Okay. You guys are in the room and you walk in there and like, you guys heard the explanation. Okay, great. So you guys are all best friends, known each other your whole life, tons of inside jokes. And then your best favorite team scores a touchdown ready go. And it's like, Oh, Hey, John Corbin. Nice to meet you. I'm Sean. Right. It's like, and, and so it makes it a little bit clunky. And so in this case, you know, also given how we're shooting now, they're running skeleton crews. There's a lot of COVID testing. So you don't know what the other person wants or not. I myself am a very social person. And so when I recall on the experience, which we, you know, can or may or may not get into was in the shooting was there was a lot of possibility for things to go a little bit weird, right? Um, mm. And a lot of improv and like, hey, let's try this and let's try that, which I genuinely and generally love. The mm. reason why it was fun and very comfortable and relaxing was because John and I already had developed a rapport before that. I yeah. already felt very comfortable shooting with him. We already was talking about our lives and our experiences and, and all that stuff. And so when we walked in there, I very much felt like um, we were a team going in there. And it made I was just so going to say that fun. same word. I was going to say the same word, Sean. Yeah, it felt like a team because the crew's already been there for a while. You know, we're coming in for just this one episode and there's something comforting about that, you know, and, and it was kind of a complicated, you know, thing that was going on. And so it felt nice to be able to look over and be like, you know, Sean, I got you. And Sean's like, John, I got you, you know, and it was mm -hmm. nice to have that because uh, you're kind of stepping into something new, you know, even if you've acted before, which we had and been on sets before, it's still a new kind of, you know, unit. Um, and so I thought that was a really, that was a really good. And then the, the fun thing was afterwards, after we shot, then uh, Sean and I hung out cause they were shooting something else. So we were kind of watching that and that was oh, kind of cool. cool just to see that and, you know, experience what was, what was going on. Um, and then we ran into the director of the episode and he started chatting yeah. with us, you know? And so it, it, it kind of, kind of being around that and, and leaving yourself open, um, I think, you know, is kind of a cool thing because you never know. I have found more and more, the longer I'm out here like the circles get smaller and smaller. I don't know, Sean, if you kind of experienced that, but they get kind of smaller and smaller. And there's something really, you know, once it's like, oh, you know, I know Sean. And then there's a, you're on another set and that person knows you. And then he knows Corbin and, you know, and it's, it's something really cool about that where like kind of people have a bit been vetted almost. It's like, oh, I know this person, you know? And I, I think that's a really, um, uh, it's a special thing that, that happens. And sometimes it can feel like you're, you know, all by yourself, but then when you get on set and you can chat with someone or have a connection, I think that really helps put you at ease, you know, and that's, that's a nice thing to feel on set. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, as, as you were saying that I was kind of realizing like, yeah, it was kind of a magical experience in that way that I, I absolutely didn't expect. Right. So that mm -hmm. was the surprise. And then as I was present and living in it, I was like, this is really exciting. I'm having a lot of fun because one thing I do recall specifically is I'm always a little bit nervous, right? You're on mm -hmm. a high alert, high awareness. You're perceiving like body language, tone, all of these things. In addition to the stuff, the work that you are doing, just so you know that you're on set, you're always heads up and paying attention. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. And so there's always a little bit of this, uh, it feels like nervous energy or anxious, anxious energy, but that also is the feel, same feeling as an excited energy, right? So I like to tell myself that I'm just excited, but it's, I didn't feel it's that game this day, day, you know, like you're, you're on, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. But in this case, I didn't feel that way. I felt perfectly calm and at peace and I felt very fluid, right? Like I can go with it. And I was, as you were saying all of that stuff, I, it occurred to me, like, this is what it was because you and I had already built a rapport and went in there as a team, um, it's typically quite the opposite for me. And, and interestingly, that's a result of my experiences on set, which mm -hmm. is, you know, especially when we are, you know, maybe single episode, for example, like we're mercenaries, right? We're hired guns to just come into somebody else's house, do a job and leave. 
And so you don't want to overstay your welcome. You want to provide enough value, but not so much value, right? It's this thing where you're so singular. And at the end of the day, I can only focus on myself. I'm here to do a job. I'm going to do a good job. You know, I don't know if you've ever had the experience of being on set with maybe someone who's not so good or maybe having a difficult time or things are going, whether it's crew or cast and you go, okay, no matter what's happening here, I'm doing my best. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a good job so that I'm reflected on um, well, at least, you know what I mean? So I felt like you just walk in, do your job and bounce. And it can be a little bit cold like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's yeah. And, and, and I know, um, you worked on a couple episodes of SWAT. Did you feel mm-hmm. a little different that like this, when you came back, like did the energy feel different? Was there a little more comfortability or, 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 or had it not really changed? Cause sometimes it doesn't, I mean, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I'm just, just curious when, when that happened. Yeah. You know what? So it was actually SWAT. It was a very different experience for me. And that was something that also made me understand, gave me perspective about what I'd like to be in the industry. Shamar Moore has been doing this a long time and, you know, we're all in our uniforms or our wardrobe and we're running rehearsal. And then he's the last one to come in. Um, and he's got his coffee and he's got like a fuzzy jacket, like no shirt. And he's wearing sunglasses. <laughs> we're like inside. That makes like sense. Six that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the thing is he says hi to everybody. He remembers everybody's name. He comes up to me. He's like, oh, yeah, you're the new guy, Sean, right? Because I, he just like took the time to know. And I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, hey, I'm Shamor. And you're like, or Shamar. And you're like, hey, Shamar, nice to meet you. He's like, thanks for coming, man. We're going to have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then every day comes in. He'd be like, hey, Sean, what's up? You know, so the first episode of SWAT that I was on, I was there for seven days. But all of my lines were on the last day mm-hmm. because I was part of a detachment, an FBI detachment. So like, the guest star of the show was the other FBI agent who had most of the lines, but I was just always around. <laughs> and so like, you know, but every day he'd come in, I'm in yeah. scenes with him. Don't say anything. And he'd be like, yeah. Hey, what's up, Sean? Good to see you, brother. <laughs> Welcome back. And we do the elbow pound and kind of thing. And we do it. So, it. but the thing is like, that's what the lead of a show is. You're the leader, you're the captain of the mm-hmm. ship. And um, I will tell you, he's good at being famous. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing. He's good with the people. Like I will never say anything bad about him. Cause even when I came back the next season, it's been like a year when I came back, he's like, Sean, my yeah. dude, you're back. Yeah. Let's do this, man. We had a great yeah. time with you. We're going to do it again. Right. Yeah. And I was like, wow, dude, I love blew it. my mind. Yeah. Didn't expect it. I just, I, I just saw a short little, like, like meme video. It's funny. Sean, you say that of like how guys become friends and it's like two guys passing each other. I don't know if you've seen this and they're like, what's up. And then they pass again. They're like, Hey man, how you doing? Good. <laughs> then they pass a third time. They're like, how's it going, man? We're pretty good. Pretty good. And then the fourth time's like, you want to grab a beer? Yeah. So it's like, it's like, the, it starts with a what's up. So it's kind of, kind of funny. You betcha that. Um, I want to jump to something else here, which is, um, you mentioned uh, that 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 you had been a, a sommelier. How how did that fit into things? Because that's yeah, a really curious. kind of interesting, you know, with with all the other stuff too. Yeah. So my uh, growing up in San Diego, uh, growing up in California, we have a lot of great wine here. And my parents were wine, um, we'll call them enthusiasts, not connoisseurs or anything, right? But they enjoyed it and they would try and they would talk about it. And so I kind of grew up around it. And then working in restaurants uh, for a long time, and I eventually worked in a Brazilian steakhouse. And we had a wine cellar that was 27 feet. We had like 30,000 bottles in the restaurant, 300 labels. So we're selling a lot of wine and a lot of the servers, excuse me, and managers were really, really excited about wine. And we would do wine tastings and we'd have distributors come in. Um, And incidentally, around that time is when that movie, I don't know if you remember that movie, Psalm came out. And it it follows these master sommelier. The documentary, yep. 
Yes, yep. exactly. Yep. So it follows these master sommelier candidate, candidates around and what it's like, what they're doing to prepare for that exam to become master sommeliers. And so I was like, that looks awesome. I would love to do that. Um, you know, because back in my formative years of insecurity, the idea is you're only good if someone tells you you're good or if you have something to show for it. So that's why I collect all of these certifications, <laughs> and these accolades. I did it. <laughs> yeah. This right. is my award. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So um, that's kind of how that came about. Once I saw that, we were Googling it and seeing what that whole journey was about. Um, you know, we embarked on that journey, a couple of friends of mine and I, and then it's not easy, man. It's really, Was it really as challenging? Hard. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the doc, but I've seen the trailer and I know it looked challenging. Was it, it was Yeah, tough. if you can watch the first one, the first one came out around 2011 yep. or 2012, yep. check that one out because then it goes further on and just kind of what the people wanted to see more about. But when you watch this first one, you'll kind of get it. And I had friends wash out because it's really, really difficult. I failed my first exam. So mm. that's the thing I was referring to when I was in acting class. Yep. And I was like, I need to take a hiatus from this class. And I chose wine over acting, which was one of those uh. things that I had guilt about at the time. But I needed to buckle down for four months, study really, really hard and challenge the next exam, which I ultimately passed. Um, but there's a lot of life lessons in there. First thing is like, I didn't even know if I really wanted to do this. But as a competitor, as an athlete, mm. you're like, I'm not going to fail. I'm going to come back and I'm going to win. Mm. But my mom, one of the, you know, and my mom... She loves me a lot and she only ever wants me to be happy. But Asian families, they just tell you what to do or what not to do, right? And this was the first time she gave me, she said something to me that really stuck with me that I, I had never really considered before. And usually it's my dad that does that, right? And I told my mom, uh, she called me to see how the test went. And I told her that I passed two out of the three portions and that I had failed. And I was really bummed. Mm. And my mom goes, hmm, well, if you had passed, you may have just barely passed you know, when you pass, it's going to get harder mm. because, you know, once you're certified, people are going to test you. People are going to challenge you. Mm. People want to know, people are going to have an expectation of you. Mm -hmm. She goes, you don't want to just pass. You want to crush it. Mm. And I was like, Oh, I never really thought about that. I never thought about just being good enough, which now you see where my life coaching comes in. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, we have a little uh, quick sort of change in a segment that we like to add here um it's called three for free and it's uh mm -hmm. we just kind of are gonna rapid fire throw just three questions at you just give me a quick answer and we'll, we'll go from there um Great. best wine no matter the price best wine no matter the price Probably the one that you can drink the whole bottle and not feel bad. <laughs> just, just in general, just go for it. Yeah, right. I love it. No, that's perfect. Uh, did you say more lies as an EMT or now as an actor? Damn. <laughs> uh, I know what the people want to hear, but it's the latter. <laughs> <laughs> that's honest. I like it. I like and then, it. Uh, did John Ruby bring the fire on For All Mankind? Was he one of the good actors? <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. He was starting to make me feel bad about myself. So he inspired me. He made me raise my game. <laughs> good. Good. I hope so. I hope so. No, it was awesome. That was such a good energy to, to, to have together. That's great. Um, uh, Sean, moving, moving forward, um, like for, for you kind of what stuff for you in the future, do you have, like, have you set like, I mean, you know, goals for yourself or, you know, when you think about kind of you know, what the stuff um, that you're looking at, I'm just, just kind of curious, uh, you know, what that brings to mind. Yeah. Um, on one hand, I'm, I'm growing my coaching business. I love 
working with actors, it, it, the more success, you know, work begets work, success yeah. begets success. And yeah. so it's, you know, it's spreading by word of mouth. And so being able to, you know, I only have so many hours in the day, but I love being able to help people achieve that breakthrough, that mindset, that aha moment they have. So mm-hmm. on one hand, there's that side, but you know, we also, by coaching, I gain so much insight into myself because this is something I, you know, we're talking about every single day. Now I'm realizing for myself, oh, I know where I want to be in the industry now as an actor, you know, for a long time, you'd be like, oh, I just want to work. I'm going to do a good job craft before everything, which is true. Despite the fact that a lot of what we do, 99% of what we do until you get on the show is auditioning, mm-hmm. which is also marketing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's why it's called show biz. I got the show part locked down, but the business <laughs> yeah. part, so now, you know, part of understanding what that is, is do you ever see actors that get series regulars on a show and then they season or two and they're trying to get off it and they're miserable. And I'm like, but you're living the dream, mm. right? And it's because maybe they misrepresented themselves. Mm. That's what happens when you're like, I just want to work. I just want to work. Right. Right. But now if I specifically target and I look and I go, oh, I really want to be on these shows. And then these are the casting directors that cast those shows. So really, I just want to get in front of these casting directors and not necessarily the industry at large. Because the more we work, the more we're telling casting or the industry how we want to work or how we want to be cast. And if I start doing a lot of jobs that maybe I don't really care for, you know, yeah, me re- personally, I'm not really big on period pieces. So, right. but if I started doing a bunch of those things, it reinforces like, yeah, guy. that. Yeah, he re- mm-hmm. it reinforces that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a broad question, but how do you do your research? Do you just kind of, where, where's the, do you have a starting point? Do you just like go and IMDb, see like the show that you like, and then go to that producer and go from there? Or what is your plan yeah exactly that's exactly what i do 100 is i start to think about like what are the types of things that i would like to do and then you see kind of what shows are out there so if you're looking at the networks abc nbc cbs fox um or you can look at you know cable mm-hmm. and then you're looking at netflix or any of the streaming ones and you're fine you're kind of aggregating right the type of show that you want to have because one of two things is going to happen either you want to audition and be on that actual show so we go to imdb pro you go down to filmmakers and you look at who the cds are and you go do i have a relationship with that cd if not how can i build one mm-hmm. um um, or that show is going to be done and then they're going to be casting something else. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. So that CD, CD, they may not be currently casting, but I'm sure that they're going to be working soon. Mm-hmm. Well, and probably, it probably somewhat similar genre too. You know what I mean? Like a lot you're of right, times exactly. the comedy casting directors are staying in the comedy, let's say in the drama. And so there is, you know, there's sometimes they, you know, they jump around, but there can be kind of a similar uh, uh, stream of that. Yeah. I think that's that's great. I feel like you're you're like Luke when he's trying to blow up the Death Star. Like you're like pinpointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great example because then at the end of the day, what does he do? Turns off his targeting computer and he goes with his heart. Yeah, <laughs> his true. intuition, his instinct. It's true. Oh, I like that. That's really, that is really good. Nice, nice, nice one, uh, Corbin. Sean, I got a question for you. Do you have any um, acting or or life books that you like to like to recommend? Um. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the life books, um, the four agreements is a really, really good one. Mm-hmm. I love it because it's a really simple read and it has uh, actionable items. You can be like, excuse me, I read this thing. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do this in my life. Um, the other really good life book is The Alchemist. Mm-hmm. And The Alchemist mm-hmm. is more of a, a narrative where you know, you're know you reading um, about somebody's journey, but it's very, very enlightening. The other thing I like about these books a lot is you can read them over and over and over again, because as you evolve and change as a person, you'll get different things from it. They're kind of like the gift that keeps on giving in that way. Yeah, I love, I lo- I love that when a book, you can revisit it at different times and like, you know, realize and find out new, you know, new things. 
there's some there's great there's a great quote i'm going to butcher but it's like about you know the kid who's like 16 and like his he says his dad doesn't know anything and then he becomes 26 he's like and my dad learned so much now now he's so much smarter but it's just <laughs> the kid's got perspective you know so it, i think a book could be a similar thing where you're like you know i don't understand like why is everyone what's cool about the great gatsby or whatever it is and then you're like oh okay now i'm starting to see um those are great and I, four agreements I, I i don't know alchemist i do so i'll have to um i'll have to check that out that's great um Something fun we like to do here, which is your best bad acting, uh, Sean. So we're going to, I'm going to give you a, a quote in the chat or Corbin can grab it. Um, and it, the fun part about it, you don't have to do an impression. You just kind of do your own version of it. And then we might just like give you like a fun redirect. The idea is just to have fun, to go kind of big. You can try to do it like the, the movie if you want. Um, it's more just to have fun uh, than, than, than anything. So uh, if, you, if you've got it loaded up whenever you're ready. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Good. So good. Good, good, good. Okay, okay. I want a bad accent on this, Sean. So I want I wanted the Italian. Can Sean you do it? Sean loves can we, the bad accent. This can we do favorite. a fun? This is my favorite. Can we do a bad, a bad Italian <laughs> accent on here? Just, uh, just, uh, just, we're just going to have fun with a bad one. Hey, yo. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> nice, we got in Mario oh, Luigi territory. Yeah, so, good. So, so good, so good, oh. so good. I, I Corbin, kinda, I kind of want to see the uh, yeah. sommelier douchebag oh. last lack of a better term. Oh, oh, <laughs> so, oh. Somebody who thinks they are really good at wine, but mm. not really, you know. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So they're not really a sommelier. Yeah, they yeah, act yeah, like yeah. one. They, yeah, they, yeah. They, they pretended to get it. Yeah. They pretended. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, yes. Ooh, I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> this is the one. Uh, so oh my god! I think oh. we end on that. That's so good, Sean. Oh that's hilarious. I like the beginning. The setup is so true. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. Mouthfeel. You, you, yeah, <laughs> mouthfeel. I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's some tannins in there. I'm gonna butcher it. I'm not gonna even have fun with it. But John, that was great. That feels. That Thank feels you. like Thank the uh, the 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 stereotypical psalm in a in a funny way. <laughs> um great corbin is there anything else uh on our uh, on our list no thank you sean for coming on we really 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 appreciate it this was great yeah sean we appreciate your time thanks for joining us on the, the moving spotlight podcast we wish you lots of success on your journey um and you know keep it up man we hope to check in with you soon and and, and uh see you on this the big and little screen and out there helping other actors for sure, on the yeah. little screen together big and little together. <laughs> exactly that's true that's true for all mankind awesome all right Bye, Sean. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thanks again for listening to the Moving Spotlight podcast. Please rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. And please uh, like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Moving Spotlight. We yeah. really appreciate you and would love to see you there. Exactly. YouTube, it's new. It's cool. <laughs> it's new and cool. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Moving Spotlight Podcast.